it will take millions and millions of years to do that. And <laughs> at, I won't need my password I'm... after a million years. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really just a good idea when you're using a service that's been breached. Assume that you've been breached. But, but because... here's an example of something something else you could put in that in that top tier, though. I mean, the account to your password manager, <laughs> the password sure, to the password sure. manager, thinking it's a complex password because you use. Q W E R T Y, <laughs> the letters that go across the top row of the uh, uh, common keyboard. We, we here at Cyber Guys Podcast are, are neither re- recommending or discouraging the use of, of, of that service. You know, we're just saying we here as a general here at practice. Cyber guys, we here at Cyber Guys <laughs> are vendor agnostic, but completely. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Cyber Guys Podcast, the cybersecurity podcast for everybody. My name is Andrew Valencia, and as always, I'm joined by Mike Hill. And today we're going to be talking about password managers and why writing your password on a sticky note may be the less risky than using some of the password managers we're going to talk about. But <laughs> before we get into that, uh, if this is your first time, welcome to the Cyber Guys Podcast. If you're coming back, appreciate you coming back. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you, you subscribe so you can uh, get all of the content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. Now that that's out of the way, Mike, let's talk password managers. Yes, and even more generally, passwords in general, because in the end, we don't really have a better solution for uh, logging into a machine that you have no history with and accessing a resource across the internet uh, that has no other way to authenticate you, then good old username and password. It's it's the only thing we can use in a lot of untrusted connection authentication mechanisms. So it, it, it's a real problem. It's a real problem. It is, you're right. And when we're looking for ways to authenticate individuals, oftentimes we have username and password. And as we'll talk about in a little bit with some of the data breaches, specifically the data breach from LastPass that happened uh, last year, having a username and password or having a master password is not great, even if it is super complicated or super complex. Yeah, really, it brings to the the fore the the basic issue. I mean, there there are two ways that passwords get breached. Uh, One, a simplistic password that can be brute force. In other words, if you're just using a word out of a dictionary, well, that's going to be susceptible to what we call a dictionary attack. If you if you use something that is fewer than, um, you know, a certain number of characters, well, there are a number of password crackers that can just cycle through uh, the alphanumeric character set. And in a certain amount of time, they're going to break it. It's what we call a brute force attack. Uh, so those are the sort of things that we don't want to use. Even even something we call keyboard walks, you know, where you're mm-hmm. thinking it's a complex password because you use Q-W-E-R-T-Y, <laughs> the letters that go across <laughs> the top row of the uh, uh, common keyboard. Well, that's also going to be in a dictionary and it's going to be used as a dictionary attack. So so even though we generally think of um, breaking passwords in that way, in the way that someone's going to basically break it, brute force it, figure it out, 
The more common way passwords are breached is someone finds it. Uh, they find it sitting on a computer, on a database, maybe on a sticky note on your computer or under your keyboard <laughs> or whatever. You know, someone over is shoulder surfing and watches you type it in. You know, I want one of my favorite uh, hacker movies, Sneakers. Uh, that was one of the scenes. They they were uh, looking through the binoculars, watching the guy type in his password, and and that's how they figured it out. Even though it didn't really work out for them that in that scene. The idea is if someone can just get your password from you or maybe you just share with you right now, Netflix is going crazy over password sharing. So if they intentionally share the password, but if you know the password through some means, that's the problem. And that's where password managers get people in trouble, because here you have a central database that's storing a bunch of passwords. Exactly right. So and that's why, uh, you know, things like the last pass data breach are a big deal. Because you think, you'd like to think, as a user of a password manager, that the backend repository is fully encrypted, right? That's not always the case, as we learned with LastPass, right? Where only certain fields are actually encrypted. The password themselves are encrypted. However, what we also found out, right, were the session information, like the websites that you go to that you use LastPass to, to log into. Those are actually stored in plain text and in the clear. And with this latest data breach that they had, that information got out into the open. Yeah. So having That's stuff a in a singular yeah, so having stuff in a singular repository isn't always the best option. Yeah. It's crazy because you you're thinking I'll use this so that I can have this complex password. I don't have to worry about remembering it. You know, uh, so it's not going to be brute forced. It's not going to rely on me remembering it. I mean, how many people have lost Bitcoin wallets because they forgot the password? So people are worried about forgetting a password. And that, that is the, the, the downside to coming up with a very long, complex password, which is difficult, if not impossible to brute force. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a catch 22, which has driven a lot of people to these uh, these tools. Like LastPass, right? It, you know, and and I I'm a user of of you know a couple different um, password managers. Um, they're needed, right? And we like the, to use them, right? We like them to save our passwords. We like to use them because when we browse the internet, it makes it a lot easier. It simply just makes it easier to be able to click onto you know Facebook or whatever and just have the password ready to go instead of having to memorize a very long you know complex series of you know, special characters and alphanumeric, you know, combinations. Yeah. However, we get, we, we get into a problem when we, when we solely rely on the username and the password as a means of authentication. Right. So, yeah, I, I mean, we should talk about like, how do we get around this? Right. How do we get around using just this singular mode of authentication? Well, well, the the thing is, we do have other means. We have strong authentication. We have multi-factor authentication, and and you know, a lot of your uh, significantly secure or, or potentially sensitive websites are going to build that in. They're, they're going to uh, send a text message, an SMS text to your phone, or they're going to do something else uh, to add an a, additional layer of uh, authentication. Uh, the problem is, at some point your initial contact will almost always come down to username and password. So one of the things I like to recommend people do is tier their passwords. In other words, 
there are some uses of your username and password that will get you into something very, very, very sensitive for you. For instance, your online bank. You know, if you do online banking, credit cards, things like that, things where someone could rob you blind and steal your identity if they were to compromise that account. Well, well that's the most sensitive tier. That's your top tier. You know, that's something that you're going you're gonna to want to treat differently than one of your regular accounts that you access on a regular basis. Uh, maybe your e-commerce shopping, which is still sensitive, uh, but you're going to hold it at a slightly lower tier than your most sensitive tier. And then I have what I call the bottom tier. And this is where I'll use, in most cases, an alternate Gmail account, um, a lot of fake information and passwords that I really don't care about. Uh, which means if these accounts get breached, these passwords get breached, they're sectored off from anything else. What they would have access to is nothing that I'm that worried about. And this is when you go to some uh, site where, you know, you got to pay pay for it through PayPal because they're not even, you know, <laughs> not even solid with their own uh, cybersecurity e-commerce checkouts, you know, that kind of thing. Well, those are the ones, fake names, fake email address, you know, low risk passwords. The thing is this, I wouldn't recommend people use a tool like LastPass for the top tier at all. Only mm -hmm. for the middle and lower tiers could, could this be you know, a tool that I would recommend using. Because the thing is, once it's breached, just one time, that's the keys to the kingdom, man. And, and everything else that comes under it um, is, is, is going to be right, susceptible right. To, uh, to compromise. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I think it, 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 it's obviously hard to say for, you know, the everyday users out there that they have to be tech savvy or have a intricate knowledge of how their passwords are being stored in a password manager. Because I, I don't necessarily agree that you can't use a password manager for those top tier. I think that it's extreme. It's a very good practice, but I don't know that for everyday users or grandma that that's necessarily, yeah, right. you know, <laughs> effective well, 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 work, right? But, but because, here's an example of something, something else you could put in that, in that top tier though. I mean, the account to your password manager, <laughs> the password sure, to the password sure. manager, you know, right. would you want the well, password to the password problem. manager in a password manager, you know, well, so, <laughs> you know this at is some point you have to using, have something that's real good. Well, but that's the, the risk of using um, these password managers to begin with, right? So right. with LastPass, what we saw was the information that was stolen by by hackers was uh site information for each user profile so they know not only what sites you go to use but the fact that you use the same password or similar passwords and they can do something as easily as search i don't know in the site ids uh, uh reset like password resets right and then what can they do they can actually develop a very you know uh comprehensive phishing campaign right where they send you an email that looks very legitimate from this right. from the site that you use that requests right. that you reset your password based on i don't know the last pass hack right and you click right. on that link and all of a sudden there you go you're taken to a site that looks exactly like the site you used you enter in the password and there you go right yeah it, it's very easy for them to do that now especially if you have site information like that in the clear text and you have it you have that data stolen so what I think needs to happen, well, what I think users have to be able to do is understand not like the technical, like 
oh, this this back end is encrypted, you know, with AES two fifty six. All you know, but they need to understand what information is protected, what information isn't protected, what is what information is encrypted, and what information is not encrypted. Because there are some password managers out there that encrypt everything, right? They encrypt every bit of information for a user profile. It's all encrypted, so regardless if it gets stolen or not, it's not really usable to begin with. LastPass. Yeah unfortunately is like a comedy of errors, right? They did a lot of yeah, long yeah. things and a lot of things they shouldn't have done. And this, this, we're not going to go, we're not going to just hammer home in on the last pass breach. That's not what this episode is about, but it is indicative of the fact that people put faith into like a company like LastPass without looking to that next layer to understand what exactly is happening. Yeah. But you know, it, and another thing I think that's important that we say and acknowledge is that the concept of password managers is good. It, it solves a very, very important problem, and that is the reuse of passwords. You know, you may have a formula for concocting a very complex, untraceable, almost unbreakable password, but how many of those can you keep in your head? You know, every website wants you to log in with an account. Every website wants you, yeah, exactly. Every website is, is going to want you to have a login. And it's going to have you have a password. Every website, even websites that you probably go to every blue moon, you still have to have a username and password for it. So the idea of being able to have enough complex passwords and remember them all and remember what site goes with what, it's just not practical. So these ma managers serve a very, very, very important purpose. It allows you to have complex passwords that can't be brute forced that you don't have to worry about remembering. The problem is, and this is why, you know, I, I really want to push for my tears, uh, use the idea of segregating the ones that are exclusively handled in your LastPass or your Google passwords or your um, uh, uh, Apple uh, uh, chain, you know, whatever. Uh, right. Those are the ones that are serving that purpose. But you still need to have that mechanism for building a complex password that you will remember. And maybe you only have the uh, enough memory to keep track of three of those at a time. Fine, you know, use those three for the most sensitive things, your bank, your account to get into the password manager, that sort of thing, you know, uh, so that you right. can remember it, you don't have to have it managed for you. But if that one gets compromised, it would be, high, it would be highly unlikely that that one be, would be compromised because it's not stored anywhere except for in your head. And until we have a way of reading brain waves to figure out what's you know between your ears, you know, that would, uh, if you devise a, a good password, uh, that would be uh, a good way to go. Yeah. And, and even still on top of devising complex 15 to 22 character passwords that have special characters and all that stuff, it's also really important to understand that there are other factors of authentication that should be employed for a lot of the websites that, that you know we're go that we're logging into. For my bank account, it's not username and password, right? It's not just username and password. We not should just. have multi-factor authentication, right? Uh, whether it be uh, you know sending a text to a phone with a PIN or an OTP uh, or so on and so forth. Those are also very important to ensure that we're, that are employed. And a lot of websites that do house that sensitive information, a lot of 
the banking and financial sector it employs multi-factor authentication, right? They in, in fact, actually, they employ multi-factor yeah, and, authentication with 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 healthcare websites, right? And that's yeah. not because it's the latest and greatest, or because they want to slow down people logging in. No, it's because it's like yeah. mandated, right? It's a required. Yeah. It's a required that's control really that's in, that's implemented. That's that's really the point. In, in fact, if if you were to go to a site that deals with sensitive information and it doesn't do that, uh, you need to rethink using uh, that right. that service because at this mm -hmm. point, everybody is is requiring it, and and the only time they'll let you bypass that is if your device has been authenticated. In other words, mm -hmm. uh, there'll be a checkbox usually that says only I use this uh, this device and so forth. After which, you know, if you've been if you've logged in recently. Uh, they won't every single time send you a text message. But at the very least, you shouldn't deal with any website for sensitive information that doesn't do that. Exactly. You know, this really brings to mind something that we should just, you know, cover. And this is something that for uh, the techies in our audience, this is going to be old hat. Uh, but for, remember, this is cybersecurity for everybody. So let's just go over some basic rules of good passwords. Because again, you're going to need to create at least a couple of really good passwords that you use. If for nothing else, you're top tier getting into the most important uh, sorts of sites, like uh, getting into your, your password manager account, getting into your bank, even before they send you the uh, uh, SMS text or whatever to, to give you strong authentication. So, okay, rule number one, don't use any word that could be found in any dictionary. <laughs> or any common keyboard walk like pretty <laughs> rule number one, you know, rule number two, do not have a password that's shorter than eight characters. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, anything that's less than eight characters, even if it's fairly random, uh, can be uh, brute forced pretty quickly. And on that note of brute forcing, I know a lot of folks are going to think, well, Hey, if I type in the wrong password, three times, um, the system locks, right? Yeah, that's true at the application layer. But in the data, you can still brute force the, uh, the original source, run a hash against it, and, and then look at, the, look at the hash to see if it matches up the password hash, which may have been collected in, uh, in intercepted communication. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to brute force the application. You can brute force the password and then send it to the application. So don't think that just because the application gives you three strikes and you're out, that that means you can't brute force the password. It doesn't quite work like that. So you yeah, gotta exactly. use a long password. Dictionary text using tables, using rainbow tables, right? <laughs> Specifically with regards to hashing, that's a big thing. So absolutely. All right, Mike's rule number three. Got? Rule number three, do not limit your password to letters, but mix mm. the case of letters, mix in numbers, and mix in some special characters. Just think about that mathematically, right? There are 26 letters in the English alphabet, but computers are case sensitive. So when we use mixed case, we've doubled our character set from 26 to 52, just like that. Add in the numbers, now you're up to 62. Add in another 10 special characters, you're up to 72. So now you have a base 72 character set, base 72. Now, now do the math. 
Uh, let's say you have 10 characters <laughs> in a base 72. <laughs> do, do the math and you'll see <laughs> that the number of possible combinations in uh, even something as short, which we would consider too short. 10 characters is also too short. We really want to see upwards of 12. Uh, but mm-hmm. but the thing is, just doing the math, if you're using a, a mixed case alphanumeric with symbols, uh, a base 72 character set, well, that's going to be, you know, darn near impossible uh, to brute force in a rational period of time. It will take millions and millions of years to do that. And <laughs> I won't need my password on... <laughs> after a million years. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that's about right. Because <laughs> those numbers are big, <laughs> big, big numbers. You know, <laughs> and like I said, if, if you're up to like 16, 17 characters, you know, <laughs> you're talking 16 characters to the to the 72nd power. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're 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 definitely looking at. Um, a lot of possibilities, which is good. That's what we want. All right, so that's mm-hmm. rule number three. So rule number four, do not use any number, word, address, character set, anything that can be derived from your personal life. Not your name, not your name backwards, not a member of your family, not your mother's maiden name, not your home address, not your social security number, any information that could be identifiable to you, what we would generally call personally identifiable information, nothing that would be in your set of personally identifiable information should ever be used as your password, ever. And then that brings us to rule number five. Make sure you can remember the password. (laughs) And the funny thing about rule number five is rule number five seems like... uh, it's impossible given rules number one through four. <laughs> but with a little thinking, with a little technique, uh, you can do this. And the idea is to turn your password into chunks of things that you can remember. Chunks of things that you can remember. Now, remember, the entire password can't be a word in the English uh, or any dictionary, foreign language dictionary. It shouldn't be a word at all. But that's the whole password. That doesn't mean that you couldn't have a sequence of characters inside of a 16 character password that would would be a word. You you can do that. Uh, The thing is to be tricky about it and not just to use the word uh, as uh, either the beginning or the end, but maybe to use it somewhere uh, in between. Now, if you really want to get slick with it, you can take numbers, words, interleave them. You know, in other words, let's say you had a seven digit a phone number and an eight character word uh, that you, you remember. You might start with a lowercase of the first letter of the word and then hold the shift key for the first number. By holding the shift key, let's say the first number was the number two, well, that would give you the at sign. Uh, the next you know, letter, since the first letter was lowercase, maybe the second letter would be capitalized of the word. And then you alternate. Now the next number is actually a digit. And then you go to the third letter in the word. And this time you hold the shift key on the next digit. Maybe it's a five, which gives you a percent sign. You get the idea. You're interleaving uh, the characters. You're using, in this case, an an ABAB or actually an ABBA 
a shift key pattern. And uh, you're coming up with a password that's going to be 15 characters long because you got a seven digit number and an eight character word interleave together. You can remember it because you're only really remembering two things and, and, and an approach to doing it. You know, in this case, you're using the ABBA pattern. And now you have a very complex password based on two things that you can remember. And you can use it over and over again. And if you want to throw a keyboard walk somewhere into the mix, you know, that's fine. So long as it's not the whole thing. Let's say you want to expand on some of the numbers in there. Maybe for the third number in the sequence, um, you'll go vertically down the keyboard from that number. Let's say the, the, the uh, third number in the sequence is the number five. Well, then that would give you five. Uh, let me look at the keyboard here. Uh, T, G, B. <laughs> you know, throw that into the mix. You know, if you have that as a formula, just add a little spice. That would also give you an extra three characters going from three, uh, going from a, a, a 15 uh, character word to now an 18 character because you're throwing in a couple of uh, keyboard walks in there. And now you have something that was very simple to remember, complex to execute. Uh, you could do this over and over again because, you know, many systems, you need to change your password on a cyclical basis. And we always want you to do that. In fact, that's rule number six. Don't keep the same password indefinitely. Change your passwords periodically. But if you use this formula for generating your passwords, you just need a word, a number. If you throw some keyboard keyboard walks in there, just remember your pattern of when you do that. And you can move from password to password on a regular basis without killing yourself. Now, can you do that for every website that you go to? <laughs> Obviously not. So yes, use the password manager. Just uh, you know, do a little research on how good the password manager is, and and maybe uh, you know, if it's one that's been in the news a few times for for data breaches, uh, maybe you move on past that one. Especially when it's yeah. more than one data breach, you know, it's one thing if somebody messed up. Anybody can mess up once. <laughs> but some of these look like they're getting into a pattern of bad behavior. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, they really are. Yeah. yeah. The last pass one's pretty egregious, honestly. Uh, you know, yeah. the second, I mean, you have, they had source code, you know, stolen back in August. Yeah. That's, that's, that's terrible. You can't, you can't get your dev environment, you know, hacked into and then start telling people, oh, no, we're still okay. So, you know, I don't know. So, yeah. That being said, we've got, you know, We've got tips for how to actually generate passwords, you know, how to use password managers. I think it's also something important for, you know, some of our listeners, some of our watchers, right? Uh, let's, to give them some recommendations on what to do if they find themselves using a password manager that is uh, become a victim of a data breach, right? Yes. So I think first and foremost, always err on the side of caution. Change your password manager. So in the case of, in the case of last pass, you know, or, you know, some people are joking, they're, they're, they're called lost pass now. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, if you are a last pass user, my recommendation, my personal professional recommendation is to completely change to a new password manager, pick somebody else. Bitwarden is very good. Uh, but pick a different password manager. Stop utilizing that service specifically because just changing your master password doesn't matter anymore. They have their, uh, the amount of information that has been divulged shows that attackers have more than enough data on individual users 
that they can go ahead, they can get around the use of a master password. So just, and, and, just find it. And, and, and just as a disclaimer, we're, we're not suggesting that LastPass is forever uh, to be demonized. You know, they made a mistake. You know, if, if someone chooses to use them, we're, we, we here at Cyber Guys Podcast are, are neither re- recommending or discouraging the use of, of, of that service. You know, we're just saying we here as a we general here practice. Cyber guys, we here at the Cyber Guys <laughs> are vendor agnostic, but completely. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say there's there's a lot of um, uh, uh, industry professionals, a lot of, you know, cybersecurity uh, investigators that they're they're not as they're not as nice about. <laughs> last pass as you know you 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 just said you know th- there's this is not the episode we're not talking about last pass specifically but if you happen to no, be no. a user of a password manager that has been a victim of a data breach first and foremost change the password manager and i think the next thing obviously this is probably a, a pretty obvious thing is by the importance or sensitivity of the data Go to your most important websites and change those passwords uh, before anything else. You want to go and change those passwords. And it's you want to make sure you do that like in order of importance, right? You're not going to want to go to... I don't know. I, I man, all my stuff is seems pretty important these days. But you don't want to go to like starwars.com and change your account there before you change your account with your bank, obviously. Right. That so we want to make sure that you're doing that in the order of importance, and that brings me to actually while you're doing that, while you're changing those passwords, where you can always and forever, forever enable two-factor authentication. Yes, make sure that two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication is selected and used when you're changing those passwords, and then ultimately following Mike's amazing steps on password generation, change that master password to gain access to that uh, password manager. Absolutely. Make sure that that's changed. Make sure that that's not something that's used anywhere else that is seniorly for that password manager. Yeah. It's really just a good idea when you're using a service that's been breached, assume that you've been breached. Make that assumption. You maybe maybe your information may be fine. Maybe your information was compromised, but your account has not been exploited yet. In other words, they could get in. They, they have the password because they got a million passwords off this place, but they haven't necessarily hit yours yet. But even if that is the case and you haven't actually been affected yet, always treat it as if you've been. Assume mm-hmm. that your passwords have all been all been uh, put into clear. Change everything. Trust nothing. You could just go to haveibeenpwned.com and find out, right? <laughs> like that's an easy way to find out. But you know, and, and there's a there's I had a conversation with 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 somebody who was a LastPass user who basically said that they were not that concerned about their information because there were more important people that had accounts, you know, celebrities, politicians that obviously attackers were gonna go after. And my response to them was, you know, you know what happens with this information, with this data. It gets sold in a big block. It gets sold and it's out there for anybody to use anytime they want to. So always err on the side of caution. Always err on the side of caution. Always be in the mindset that, yes, my my data's been breached. My account information is out there. It needs to be changed. Yeah. And, you know, on that note, I, I want to throw a caveat on my tears 
Remember I said you have, the, you have your most important at the top, your moderately important in the middle, and the ones you kind of don't care about at the bottom. Just because you have the ones you don't care about at the bottom, be very wary of anything that can trace back to you. And mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, for the stuff at the bottom, I'll generally use a um, extra email account. You know, I won't use my primary email account. That's out of necessity. Because the thing is, if you do have a weak password, if it has been breached or is part of a service that's been breached, and now it's out there in the dark web being sold, there may not be anything in that account uh, that you're worried about. But if it traces back to your actual email address, now you're going to be targeted by phishing because uh, they're going to try to see where else uh, that password has been used, what other accounts you have. In other words, they're going to try to find their way up the tiers. So if you do have a bottom tier like I do, you know, keep in mind that you, you can't just be careless about it completely. Uh, you certainly aren't going to give it the same level of rigor as the upper tiers. But if anything can trace their way up the tiers, then that's a problem, too. Mm-hmm. All right, that's just a little All something right. about this stuff. Right, Andrew? Just a little, little something. something. Just a little something. <laughs> a little something. <laughs> it's yeah. a sobering. I think it's a sobering exercise, right? To go back and take a look at how we're actually managing, you know, the these means of authentication. How we can better secure ourselves. How everyday users, right? How they. I mean, think about better it. Secure just, themselves as well. Just think about it. If, if you have a password manager, go to it. Open it up. Scroll down and see how many accounts you have. You'll be surprised. You literally probably have hundreds, hundreds. You know, and we don't even think about how this stuff multiplies over time. But with every website, you know, basically asking you to to set up an account, you know, you will have dozens, if not hundreds. So this is something that has to be paid attention to. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, remember, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of the content that we're coming out with. We've got a lot of stuff coming your way uh, for Mike Hill. I'm Andrew Valencia, and remember, stay safe, be secure, be sure. We'll see you next time.